for me, it's been a home run in two ways, on the racetrack and also building our brand here in Australia in our business. We finished first or second every year since 05, um, which was... Uh, I knew it was fast before, and I proved it very it's, it's motor racing, you know, you can't really just look at the last race of the year. You have to look at, uh, it starts at Adelaide and it ends at Newcastle. But... From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Hello and welcome to Inside Supercars. Craig Ravel still in the chair flying solo. And this week, a new challenge. It's always exciting and the circuit heading to the bend is going to be one of the biggest challenges for the year. To find out how the teams are preparing this week, we speak to two sons of South Australia, Nick Perkett and Todd Hazelwood. But first, Jamie Winkup has had a bumpy start to the week walking into a garage door. Shane Van Gisbergen sets up his teammate on a Twitter video on a Twitter video released by the team on Tuesday. Tell us the real story about your eye. It's not good, is it? No, actually, um, I asked the missus why the dishes weren't done. It <laughs> didn't go down too well. I don't recommend it. <laughs> no, there's no good story. I wish I had some crazy... <laughs> crash on my jet ski or something but uh, I ran into a roller door well in my defense the roller door shut while I was in boom but uh, bloody lucky could have could have taken an eye out so it's just a cut should be 90 percent for the weekend but uh, I'm all good Tim Slade's another of the South Australian mafia who says the track is not like any other of the others he has driven on I to be honest it's it's quite hard to be able to tell the layout of the circuit um, just from TV. I've got a sort of general gist, but um, yeah, I guess just given the landscape there, how it's so open, it's hard to tell exactly what the, the corners are like and, you know, how wide or undulating, blind or anything like that. So, um, yeah, until I get down there and have a look, it's going to be pretty hard to know. But um, given, I guess, the, the nature of what they're trying to achieve, I'd imagine it's it's probably a bit more like a you know, European style of open, fast, flowing kind of circuit. It'll be a, a bit more of a low-key weekend in, in South Australia compared to, to the Adelaide 500 at the start of the year. So then it's just a, it's a hectic week and you know, you've got family and friends that, that want to catch up and it's, you know, time's precious uh, for that, that Adelaide week at the start of the year, whereas Tail and Ben were obviously further into the year and um, yeah it's going to be a bit more of a, a laid back weekend compared to Adelaide at the start of the year so uh, I've actually said to some mates that it's going to be good to, to be able to have a little bit more time and, and catch up with them properly that weekend. And finally the Royal Australian Mint has launched a set of pad printed 50 cent uncirculated coins featuring Ford and Holden touring cars from throughout the years. The racing range features the 888 BA Falcon, Ford Sierra Cosworths, the True Blue XD Mustang, XC Hardtops, XY Falcon GTHO Phase 3s, the Boss Mustang Trans Am of Alan Moffat's and for the Holden fans XY, XR, VK, Commodores and a whole slew of Tiranas along with the HT Monaro. The coins are available through the Royal Australian Mint. After the break on Inside Supercars, we speak with Nick Perkat. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Rapsdale family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Well, Nick Perkett joins us on the line. And, Nick, getting ready for the bend, you were out there for the track launch or the event launch, I should say, and uh, being uh, raised in South Australia, I guess it's a special moment for South Australia motorsport. Yeah, it is um, exciting to be heading heading across to a new facility, and um, yeah, I've been uh, mildly involved in it um, over various stages. So it's pretty cool to be able to head out on track for the first time Friday morning, and um, yeah, finally get a taste of what the circuit's like. And um, yeah, I think it's a, definitely a very good thing for motorsport in South Australia, and a good boost for that whole industry because I think it was starting to get a little bit thin. So yeah, hopefully we can have some good drivers learn how to you know, learn their craft out of the bend and it'll put them in good stead for their careers. How different is it for everyone to be going to a new track and everyone learning, in theory, at the same rate compared to what it's like when you go to a track and someone's had 20 years' experience at it, if you talk about Lowndes or 15 years' experience, if you're talking about Garth and others, um, and you obviously have, what, eight years' experience now? What What is that difference like? Um, yeah, well, we saw it last year in Newcastle that the same same blokes were still at the front. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, at least at this this place to learn the track, there's no risk anywhere. So if we try and break a little bit later or do different things, there's no risk of hitting anything. So I think it'd be relatively straightforward to learn the track. Um, definitely exciting to go there with no data and stuff like that. So it's a bit of a level playing field for the teams. But, you know, the, the cream always rises to the top and... Um, the guys who do a good job week in, week out, every other track will still be the same ones doing a good job. So, um, yeah, but from a driver's side, it is exciting to, um, you know, see how quick you can learn a new circuit and, um, you know, perfect it. So it's always a, a good time. Is it a is it a level playing field situation or is it really more a case of the teams that have the most experienced engineers, the most experienced drivers, automatically get back to the front? Um. Oh, I don't know if you'd say it's a level playing field because it's not like the car knows what track it's going to. It's just corners and straights. So if your car works at every other track, there's no reason why it won't work at a new one. So um, I can't see the order really changing. You might see some different people at the front purely because they've learned to or it suits their style a bit more. But, um, yeah, you know, if <laughs> a certain car works at the last six, seven tracks have gone to. There's no reason why it won't work at this one. Mm. Now, this year, you've had uh, a bit of a change in your ears with Paul Scalzo. He's, uh, his family, uh, his wife and he have had a baby and he's back in the workshop more often than not now. And you've got uh, Andrew Edwards doing the engineering for you. What change is that like? And how difficult is it to do something like that mid-season? Yeah, we had a bit of a, a shake-up there. Um, obviously, um Scouts Nicola had their first child, so it was, um, yeah, it was, <laughs> the timing was, 
it's never perfect in motorsport, but um, yeah, the only the positive was that I had worked with Andrew Edwards at the Grand Prix, so it was um, a little bit easier for him to come on in and start working on my car and um, try and you know get some good results. But yeah, it's been a it's been a good change. I think um, it's always good to work with someone else to get a you know fresh set of eyes over things. And um, a he's very very well qualified. He used to, well, he still does. He kind of leads the engineering department of BJR, so I think I've got a pretty good guy in my corner there. And um, yeah, hopefully we can get a few little things to start working well and gelling a bit better because obviously um, he had an engineer car for a while, so you know his toolbox of tricks that he would normally use might have changed a little bit over the years. So um, yeah, he'll um, continue to build that, and I'll continue to you know figure out what I need to tell him to get the best out of the car. So it's um, so far, so good. Mm. Now, uh, your teammate for the endurance races is uh, Macaulay Jones, and he's out there this weekend with Paul um, doing the engineering for him in uh, the wildcard entry. So uh, I guess in some respects, good that uh, you are going to have Macca driving a ZB and getting those laps, all important <laughs> laps, in ahead of the Enduros. Yeah, it is good that uh, Macca gets to do the, the wildcard events. So, um, obviously, he's probably one of the... Oh, out of all the co-drivers, he would have done by far the most laps in the supercar during the year, so that's always positive. Uh, you only drives a, a BJR car in Dunlop Series, so it's not like he... Um, well, Super 2. Uh, it's not like he isn't familiar with our cars. The, the layout of his car in Super 2 and my car in Main Series is exactly the same, so he's plugging him in and he... Um, does a good job each year. Mm. Now, you tested last week at Winton. What what were you looking for there? Did you have a whole you know bag of trick bits from the machine shop that you were trying to work through, or was it a bit more line and length? Um, I always had a few different setup philosophies that we wanted to go through and try and test out and see if they were you know going to do what we hoped they would do. And then we had a, a bit of a well, we wanted to try and find a bit more qualifying speed or something to do to the car to you know, unlock the, the potential of a new tyre a bit more. But unfortunately, with the, the way the tyre testing, all the tyre rule is, we didn't actually have any new tyres to do that. So um, we have to wait until we get to the bend to try a few things. And um, hopefully, you know, the cars light up a bit more in qualifying and we can start further up. In, an, in a normal testing situation, do you go out and do you test with a change... Do you test it for the whole lap of the track, or are you looking at specific things on a you know a certain radius corner, or you know is it is it an across the uh, you know we're talking Winton, so is it a right across the whole track um, improvement that you're looking for? Um, yeah, it depends on the change. Obviously, if it um, some changes, we'll look look at the stopwatch and see if it went faster. But then other changes, if we're doing stuff with the dampers and. Um, Ride control, uh, we kind of see what it's like across the curb at turn one and then on the change of direction across the curb at turn six, seven. So, um, yeah, it really just depends on what the actual change is. And if it's um, uh, a setup direction change, you're, you're obviously looking for driver feel and lap time. And if it's just to get some data on the, the shocks and dampers and stuff like that, it's more of a, you know, we bounce the cars across the curb during the lap to see if it uh, reacts differently. Mm. You and Tim are fourth in the team's championship. That's got to be a, a, a reassuring sort of position. Uh, yeah, it's always good to have a good uh, team's championship. Obviously, it'll make our 
life a little bit easier next year if we stay there um, in pit lane order. So, um, yeah, it is, it is positive. It probably shows that we, between the two of us, we're quite consistent. I think we've seen 9th and 11th in the standings, and um, I think we could both be a little bit better if it wasn't for a few things out of our control as a team. So, yeah, it's, um, it is positive, and hopefully we can you know, continue to close the gap to the front a little bit, and that'll pit lane order will take care of itself as well. Mm. Now, next year marks 10 years since you won the Australian Formula Ford Championship. And I, and I was speaking to you before, I, can't, I couldn't believe when uh, Tony passed on that stat to me. But uh, at that stage, you were a Walkinshaw Performance driver. When did that relationship start with Walkinshaw Performance? Yeah, it's pretty uh, crazy. I think it's been 10 years since the Formula Ford Championship. It feels like kind of yesterday, um, back when you'd just win every single race if you wanted to, as a uh, good times, But... Um, the deal with Walkinshaw and the you know, factory hold racing teams came about in Aussie racing cars in 2006 and they contracted me from late 2006 all the way through to, you know, I was still contracted during to the end of 2015. So that was a very long term deal and um, they obviously uh, funded my whole junior career. Um, we didn't have family money to just go spent a million dollars in racing so they um funded all the bills on that and put me through a program and got me through Formula Ford um Super 2 Porsche um obviously into the Enduros with Garth and then I got my debut in the championship in 2014 so that was a yeah it was all pretty good good to score you know Bathurst win podiums um win championships in other categories with them but uh yeah a few few years have gone by since I've been there now and it's uh it's all good I still appreciate everything they did for me for those, I think it was with them for close to 10 years. How does a relationship like that start when you're racing Aussie racing cars? Who sees you there and thinks, this kid, we could really develop him? Um, back then it was Craig Wilson, who was uh, running Walkinshaw Racing, um, Tom Walkinshaw, who was um, attending a few events. It was actually the Gold Coast 600, and uh, back when the Kellys were racing there, John Kelly. So between the three of them, they noticed what I was up to in the Aussie racing cars and um, yeah, spoke to me over the Gold Coast weekend and um, yeah, that kind of relationship probably sat down with it for 10 minutes at Gold Coast and wasn't sure if it was a serious meeting or not um, because I didn't really expect the phone call or anything like that. It was um, very out of the blue and um, I was actually done with racing cars at the end of that year and they called me on the, my final day of being a racing car driver and kind of save the day, so it was um, pretty cool. So it was that it was that close to uh, having to go. I'm going to have to get a a real job if you like. Yeah, um, well, myself and Dad had already made the decision that I wouldn't race any you know, racing cars anymore. I'd go back to go karting and just have fun doing that. Uh, the racing cars then used to race on the their final race would be Saturday afternoon, so we'd already had our last race for the year. And um, yep, we were. We're done. So it was uh, it was interesting to get a phone call from Craig Wilson on the Sunday morning, and uh, him and John Kelly wanting to meet up and discuss uh, if I could have a future with the team. Hmm. Sliding doors, isn't it? Yes, crazy. Yeah. Um, one thing that uh, has been interesting is you started doing a few uh, TV ads for Coats Hire, and I guess with Craig Lowndes moving on, it's an interesting position we're seeing different people jockeying for to try and pick up that supporter base is 
Is that something that you even consider about having to position yourself in and around fans and, and having a, a good, strong fan base? Um, well, the Coast High videos come around. I've been around both of them for seven years, so that's always been happening. Um, so that's, yeah, it's got nothing to do with you retiring and me deciding to try and get all these fans. And, um, that's just a Coast High activation. But, yeah, I'm sure um, Supercars already have an idea of who they'll like to take over the, you know, the, the mantle of being... <laughs> you know, replacing Loudby is the fan favourite. I think they've already started that pretty much, so it don't only really matters what us drivers do. Um, if they're not showing what you're up to, it's uh, difficult to win the fans over. I guess that's uh, an interesting one. Is fan favouritism perhaps, is it really fan favouritism or is it uh, the machine behind whoever they pick? Um, oh, I could say definitely machine. Um, yeah, there's been posts about certain drivers doing certain things for fans, but you know, I, but all of us are doing that same exact same thing. So it's uh, yeah, it can be annoying mm. uh, being on the, you know, when you're not kind of being shown to be the good guy all the time. But it's all good. It's, um, it is what it is. You've certainly had your moments in the spotlight over the years. I remember you and Paul Morris had uh, an interesting few years where. Uh, uh, you know, you weren't afraid to uh, stick it to him? Yeah, well, we had that one run in Perth, that was it. Uh, we, uh, we've we been friends ever since. It was, um, oh, you know, he looked back at it and he was trying to teach a young guy a bit of a lesson. And uh, for me, it was trying to you know, forge a career and show that you weren't going to take crap from anyone. So, um, yeah, that was all good. It was, I look back at it and it's quite funny to see how all that went down and... Um, yeah, Paul's done a lot for a lot of young drivers over the years, and that was probably, in his own way, his bit of showing me um, or teaching me something. So, no, you take everything on board. Yeah. Now, goals for this year. Where, where do you want to? Uh, where do you want to end up? Um, I would like to finish up in the inside the top ten of the championship. That'd be a, a good goal for me. You know, my rookie year, I finished eleventh when I was with a. a good big team and then obviously a few years at LDM which um, we weren't consistently fast at all so then to get back with a big team I want to be back inside the top 10 so um, yeah I've got a, a goal of being somewhere probably from 7th to 10th come uh, the last race at Newcastle mm. and in between we go into a period now where there's some meaty breaks in between Tail and Bend then to Sandown then to, ba- then to Bathurst of course what can you do uh, to keep yourself sharp, are you still running carts and taking carts out every now and then? Um, well, we actually go testing again after Tail and Bend for Sandown, so we don't actually really have that long mm-hmm. um, to you know, no real downtime. And then, um, yeah, there's obviously a few weeks before Bathurst, and you know, to be honest, I just do my normal training. Um, I'll get out in a cart with my mates a bit, and um, you know, just kind of live a bit of a normal life for a few weeks. So we quite good but um, yeah off the back of Bathurst we get crazy busy again so um, yeah we get a little bit of a, a lean spot just around Sandown Bathurst. Do you have any other business interests other than being a professional racing driver? Uh, no. So just living the dream as it says. Yep exactly. <laughs> Nick pleasure to catch up with you all the best this weekend at tail and bend it should be a very interesting uh weekend and uh, if we uh, look at the uh, gt race that was out there at the shannon's nationals at the beginning of the year hopefully nowhere near as dusty
Yeah, hopefully they've uh, got a bit more grass out there now, so we should be all right. Nick Perkett, thanks very much for your time. No worries, thank you. On Inside Supercars, after the break, it's Todd Hazelwood. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think, is a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Fiat Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Another of the South Australian Mafia is joining us on the line. And Todd Hazelwood, although you're, uh, you're almost like that uh, South Australian-born Queenslander now. Yes, it's certainly getting like that point, but definitely a proud South Australian. And uh, it's great to be home before the, the weekend starts here at the Bend and... Uh, yeah, can't wait to get on the track. Have you done much in and around the Tail and Bend circuit? Uh, yes, I've been trying to keep... I've been keep, keeping pretty close clubs in it uh, ever since it was released. Uh, Sam Shahin actually did a presentation of the venue when he first had the concept at one of our fundraiser dinners. And ever since then, we've uh, been heavily involved, or closely involved with uh, what's been going on. So it's very cool to see the final product. Um, and, you know, it's a world-class facility. It's a fantastic driver's track. And, um, you know, fortunately, I've been able to do a track day at the start of the year in just a track car. And um, just recently, last Thursday, I was able to drive a Kumo Series supercar um, to, get, to get a bit of an idea of what to expect coming to this weekend. Now, the track has so many different configurations and layouts. Have you, have you run on the 4.7, I think it is, uh, layout that you're going to be racing this weekend? Yeah, I've been fortunate enough to do both. So I've uh, been on the full track at, at one of their first ever events and... Uh, yeah, just recently got to drive in the 4.9, 18-kilometre long circuit. So, you know, lap times were just over a minute long, or just, or sh- I should say just under a minute. And, um, yeah, it's uh, the ultimate driver's challenge. I'll put it to you that way because uh, it's got a bit of everything. It's it's uh, fast and flowing and undulating. Uh, it's got some blind crests, but then some also real tight second-gear tricky stuff. So, you know, from a driver's perspective, I, uh, I think it's going to create some really good hard racing and uh, a great spectacle for the fans watching at home as well. Mm. Now, normally at this stage I'd be asking you about, oh, how's it going to suit your car? But, of course, uh, Matstone Racing has made a pretty bold decision to uh, change from the Penske-built Falcons, FGXs, to uh, the VF, back to your VF Commodore, which won the Dunlop Series in last year. How... How did you receive that news, and and what's your mindset going into this round? Oh, look, the mindset doesn't really change from a driver's point of view. That you know, the day the goal is to uh, achieve the best pos- possible result, and you know, try and analyse the, uh, the the program before we get there. So there's nothing like uh, a bit of pre pre event preparation that you know achieves a perfect result. But um, to be honest, this has been something in the works for quite some time. This is certainly no overnight reaction from the team um, to make this decision, you know, moving forward for the future, what, what we plan on doing. So, um, you know, fortunately, with, you know, with Matt Stone and myself, we're a pretty close-knit operation. We, you know, we, we work together with everything that we do and, um, you know, fortunately, I had some, some input on what, we, what could happen here and, uh, you know, I think I firmly believe that this is the way forward for our team and uh, I, I feel we're going to get some great results moving forward. You know, obviously, hitting the reset button in the middle of the season is never ideal. 
But uh, we much prefer to do it now rather than at the end of the season and having to hit the reset button come 2019. So, um, you know, the team and I have made a decision and, uh, you know, I'm very happy with it. And, you know, obviously the tail and bank going to a new track, it's probably not a bad time to actually do a change like this because, um, you know, a new track, a lot of variables for all the teams, you know, and uh, obviously just throwing in one, one other one is uh, probably not the end of the world. But uh, more importantly, hopefully this will help us... Uh, set ourselves up for the enduro season and uh, we, we can go to San Adam Bathurst hopefully a bit more confident. Obviously you have a lot of experience in this car because you won a championship in it last year and uh, you also uh, had a chance to use it in the wild cards last year. Yeah, correct. And um, you know, we, we've learned a lot since we did that wild card round last season. You know, we were very green at that point, you know, utilising the, the twin spring configuration. We didn't have a lot of time to prepare for it either. So, this time around, we've had you know over six months of learning in the main game for what to do and what not to do. Uh, I feel like we've got a fantastic group of people around me, both that being engineering and a mechanical side. Um, you know, we, we do we feel I feel that we do punch above our weight for the team that we are, and um, you know, hopefully we can just get the equipment underneath us to, to do the final piece of the job. And um, you know, I feel like I've been doing a, a good job behind the wheel, and with Wes as well, we've been able to maximise the car that we have. Um, it's just you know, as simple as that. We. You know, we're, we're maximising what we've got, but we're not where we want to be. So hence the change of direction for our team. Are you confident that you can make those changes as quickly or is it a case of you went to Sydney Motorsport Park, but you'd already been prepping the uh, VF? Um, look, fortunately, the VF hadn't been um, touched too much since I actually raced it last year. Um, it's only raced a couple couple rounds in the Dunlop Super 2 Series, you know, recently with Bryce Ford at Townsville. So the car's been kept straight. It's mechanically sound, and we simply just had to do a bit of prep work, obviously exchange a few few things where how we run the twin spring compared to a linear spring in Super 2, and a few other small aspects like that. But, um, you know, fortunately, the job required wasn't too extensive. Obviously, there was a fair bit of work to obviously make sure it was right. Um, but, yeah, the car's all... It was all prepared professionally, and uh, it will be yeah good to go come come Friday this weekend. Mm. Now, interestingly, uh, you've come into the series as a rookie at the same time as uh, Craig Lowndes is bowing out. And what I've found interesting, and I don't know if you found it interesting, but I've found interesting is the way that a number of the other leading drivers in the series are sort of jockeying for position to try and pick up the fans. Have you noticed that, or and what's your take on? Uh, fan favouritism and building a fan base? Um, look, obviously fans is a, a humongous part of our sport and that's what keeps uh, this industry rolling is the people that turn up to the track and, and support our brands and, and sponsors associated with it all. So uh, I, I haven't been keeping uh, more worrying about that too much, to be honest. Um, we've, we've had our own challenges presented with the car and, and trying to maximise our own results. So certainly haven't been worrying too much about uh, trying to salvage Craig Lowndes fans, that's for sure. But uh, more importantly, I think it's, you know, what I'd like to see is see Craig get the proper send-off that he deserves. And there's been a fair bit of negativity around, you know, obviously his announcement and who may fill his seat, whereas I'd probably like to see more more accolades actually going towards Craig. You know, he's done a lot for our sport and, and for a lot of people, you know, a lot of drivers and whatnot. So it'd be cool to see him to get the, the send-off that he deserves rather than... Uh, all the other stuff that goes along with it. Mm. Certainly grassroots support and, and building a fan base has been important for how you've managed to uh, develop into the position you are now. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's uh, it's quite overwhelming how much support that we do have, even though uh, 
very early in my supercars career, it's, it's quite uh, surreal to see so many uh, big mate racing shirts around the circuit at each and every event that we go to. And yeah, that support that support base just keeps growing year after year. And yeah, it's, it's quite special to have that so much support um, at a young age. But yeah, we, we try and do a lot for our fans. We try and involve them as, as much as we can. And um, yeah, I think that's what, uh, that's what it's all about. People want to feel feel part of the team and uh yeah that's what we try and do best uh here at matt stone racing how can todd hazelwood be the next craig lounge oh well i'd have to get some runs on the board first i think before anything happens um <laughs> you know it's as simple as that uh, everyone loves a winner um you know you look at scott mclaughlin recently where he's uh put some wins on the trot and, and obviously the uh if you're well-mannered and um you know you, you do things professionally i think everyone would love to get on board so you know from my point of view we we great at we built a good support network when we we're having good success in Super 2, but um, you're only as good as your last race as well. So, yeah, before I can say I'm the next Craig Lambs, I think I'd have to uh, achieve something pretty special. But, uh, you know, that's obviously a goal of mine. I'd, you know, I'd love to work towards in the, in the near future of uh, obviously becoming a consistent runner in the, in the Supercars Championship and you know, hopefully become a winner as well. Do you have that, if you like, rat cunning or white line fever when you put the helmet on? Oh, definitely. I think uh, every racer would be lying if they didn't uh, have that in themselves. So that's what we all do it for. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's what fuels the adrenaline and gets us going, and uh, that's what creates good entertainment and good racing. So, yeah, I've been a, a pretty passionate and uh, racer of myself since you know ever since I was a kid. So, you know, even in go karting days, all I wanted to do was win, and that mindset really hasn't changed. It's uh, probably just been more refined as I get older and smarter and, and wiser. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's all part of what we do. Are you a person who's got a propensity towards using the chrome horn? Oh, look, it's uh, it's that it's that fine line, I think. But uh, you uh, you got to manage everything that you do, and um, yeah, you got to just got to maximise the result that you can. But obviously, use use the aggression when you need to, and and help yourself get the best result. I think I'm hearing a yes there. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. <laughs> Todd, have a great weekend. We're looking forward to seeing you out there in the Big Mate Racing Commodore and uh, we'll be certainly tracking the uh, progress of you right throughout the rookie season. Do, do you, Are you where you thought you'd be or are you well behind where you thought you'd be? Um, look, it's it's, a, it's tough to come to this game and expect uh, or, or know where to expect, but um, you know, I probably would have liked to have been a, lot, a bit better than where we are. Um, you know, for us, you know, to be inside the top 15 was the ultimate goal coming into this year. If, if everything was going smoothly and and we rolled out out the box at Adelaide a lot better than what we did, but uh, you know we got to reset our expectations as the year goes on because um, yeah we got to we got to focus on on the on the game moving forward, not just race by race. So you know for us now with the, obviously the big reset button being pushed, we're you now we'd like to get inside that top 20 consistently, and then once we start achieving that, you know work towards top 15s and. Now, hopefully, he might be out of break into a top 10 by the end of the season. Who knows? But, uh, you know, we're, at the end of the day, we're a, a rookie team, rookie combination of drivers as well, being myself. And, you know, we got to we got to walk before we run. And, you know, we've we got to get all the building blocks in place before we can uh, get a big result. There's, uh, there's no silver bullet in this game. And, yeah, you just got to gotta do your time before, uh, before, the, before the big result comes in. So, you know, fortunately, I've got some good people around us. And hopefully, that result will be sooner rather than later. Todd, always a pleasure to speak to you here on Inside Supercars. 
No worries. Thank you, Craig. Appreciate your time. A final thought is next here on Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie's Cooper Grand Prix and I just remind myself of, of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Jack Brabham certainly left his mark not only on Australian motorsport but motorsport all around the world. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. A final thought this week. Well, we spoke to Nick Perkat a little earlier in the show about winning the 2009 Australian Formula Ford Championship. But in 2008, he finished second. So what did Nick Perkett sound like 10 years ago? Well, here's the interview with him from Oran Park following the final round of the championship as heard on Inside Motorsport. Well, Nick Perkett, to second place in the championship, a solid effort all year. Obviously disappointed you couldn't get that top step. Yeah, it was a bit disappointing, but Sonic have put in so much effort all year to get us back at the front, where I was eighth coming into round four and come back through and won ten races. It has been a great year. What's for 2009? Um, not really sure yet. I'm hoping to do something in a V8 or, yeah, so I have really no idea. Well, we wish you all the best for that. Have a good Christmas and uh, look forward to seeing you back on track in 2009. Thank you. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Supercars. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.